0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Help Myself Podcast. I'm your host, John M. Singletary, Sr. Got to put that senior in there because I got a junior. You got that feeling? It's my co-pilot, A.K.A. L.J. And I can't help myself. I got to inspire. I got to encourage. I got to empower. But I can help myself by being the absolute best version of myself. And I'm so excited. We got a special guest today. And we're going to talk about using your powers for good with none other than Jessica Joy Taylor. So let's get it. can't help myself. Listen, um I'm not going to get into a whole long spiel because we got a good, good, good interview. Uh I believe it's going to be a big benefit to you. It has definitely been helpful to me and I'm just excited. So, uh, without further ado, let's get into a conversation that I had with my sister. <laughs> jessica joy taylor on using your powers for good everybody welcome 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 to the help myself podcast i am super honored super honored to have the artist formerly known as jessica joy kumberbatch who is now jessica joy taylor as a matter of fact let me give y'all her whole name like she come in with a suitcase filled with names so it's Jessica Joy Maldonado Cumberbatch Taylor close
1: enough i'm going
0: yeah I'm a oh i'm missing it's something? it's Cumberbatch okay.
1: Maldonado Taylor oh
0: man please give me right yeah so uh she's the co-founder and managing partner of the CTE Group LLC, which stands for Corporate Thug and Entertainment. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's, that's... <laughs> and she's a good friend of mine, a mentor of mine, somebody who has really, really, really uh, helped me in this transition to senior leadership. And so let's give a great warm welcome to Jessica Joy. LJ calls her Auntie Jess. Uh, we're so glad to have you on the show. Uh, would you like to correct me some more and introduce yourself?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. I mean, obviously, the CTE group does not stand for Corporate Entertainment. It does stand for Cumberbatch, Taylor, and Evans, which is my maiden name, my husband's name, and my son's name. So that's it. Other than that, the only other correction is some. I could have used some intro music, but it's all good.
0: See, we were just talking about
1: that. She she getting bucked now because we actually
0: live, but before she was like, no, I don't know what <laughs> All right, I got you. You you'll be many choice, You'll be back and I'll and I'll be ready. Cho- you'll be back. Mm-hmm. No, no, not too many choices. I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find <laughs> it. I'm gonna be ready. All right. Well, you know, just real quickly, I want to share um, you know, how Reasons why I'm having you on the show and how you've impacted my life and journey. Obviously, um we were uh we used to call ourselves uh professional besties because we kind of saw the professional side of our vocation as uh, you know, members of Air National Guard recruiting and retention. You know, we saw things very similarly and we'd bounce ideas off of each other, spent a lot of time venting our frustration about the political nature of our organization that we both love so much. But uh, also, um, you know, when you came into leadership, just a a key thing to think about is that uh, recruiting and retention, if nothing else, like there's so many other things that could be said about it, but it is definitely a male dominated field and uh, lots of type A personalities, uh, lots of testosterone. You know, um, and, you know, again, like I said, we can say other things about it, but you came in not only as someone with a different perspective, but you came in as a woman, a woman of color, you know, somebody that they didn't see coming, but you absolutely transformed the way we did business because instead of coming in with an attitude that you knew everything and it was time for us to bow down to what you, you came in collaboratively. You came in and you did your homework. You got a lot of input from key players and people who didn't even consider themselves to be key players. So it was kind of like that royalty and the non-royalty. You treated them all equally and, um, I always say you, you gave us that mother goose grace. Cause I know you personally, you'll squint them eyes and you'd be ready. You know, you ain't a killer, but don't push you. <laughs> and so really appreciate your leadership and what, how you transformed our career field and how we do business. But then on a personal level, like you've been my friend, you, you my sister, we call ourselves the wonder twins cause our birthdays are two days apart so I always say I'm the oldest twin. I didn't have enough time in the oven, so I'm the uh-huh. evil twin, but she had the extra two days, so she came out. She had enough time to come out <laughs> right, but um, you know, definitely as I started to transition into senior leadership and you were on your way out, not only did you pass the baton, but you kind of gave me the cheat codes, even though I, at the time, I thought you were just trying to throw dump tasks and meetings on me, but you actually set me up for great success. I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing right now if it wasn't for the way that you, you know, you gave me the warm handoff. No, actually that handoff was hot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That handoff was hot, but I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for it. So that's how you've impacted uh, my journey. And, uh, you know, CTE, the military, tell us a little bit about your story. What really inspired you to pursue the things that you pursued that got you to the point where we are today.
1: Wow. Um, well, coming up on my 45th birthday, that's a long story, but I'll try to give you the short version. Um, it's crazy because in preparation for this, I had to, you know, you take things for granted. Thank you so much for your perspective on how you saw me coming into the organization in a leadership position. Cause it certainly did not feel that way for me. Um, and so it's interesting to see how other people see the same story, right? But um, what inspired me and has gotten me through, I'll tell you, I went to high school in Pennsylvania, um, predominantly white high school. And I think for me, the beginning was just defying stereotypes and defying the odds, right? Military brat, but not really. My family's from Panama. My dad was fortunate enough to get stationed in Panama often. Korea, Panama, Korea, Panama, that was his move. So I'm kind of like a strange story, but I never really felt at home in Pennsylvania. And by nature, I'm an observer and very analytical. So that space and that environment just kind of, I took it all in, you know what I mean? Um, African-Americans, if you will, in that area typically had migrated from the South, um, a lot from Mississippi and Georgia my family being from another country, so this was all like a whole, you know, it was a science project or a social project for me, because I'm taking every aspect of what I think most people have lived their entire life in the U.S., I'm trying to put it all together, right? Military environment, coming from a third, I learned while I was in the military that Panama was a third world country, Who knew? Um, <laughs> You know, um, and just sorting out, you know, social structures and I guess statuses and perceptions and stereotypes and trying to find, you know, my space. I didn't quite fit in. You know what I mean? Obviously, I'm not white, but I wasn't black, like, you know, grew up black. And so just trying to figure all those things out. I guess when I look at it in hindsight, kind of forced me to figure out my own space. Um, and I refused to be put in a box, you know what I mean? Um, even in high school, you know, I finished my classes, you could take electives, you know, they would tell me you don't have to do anything, but people didn't expect me to take chemistry, so I took it. So that's just always been my personality, <laughs> like, you know, but why not, you know, who says that I can't? And um, that, it's funny, I was listening to music, uh, thinking about quotes and stuff like that, that inspire me, and. I am somewhere between Tupac and Jay-Z and Proverbs 31. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. But early in my youth, I think it was more Tupac and Jay-Z. And then as I've grown as a woman, you know, um, I've grown spiritually. Um, I I try to lean more on the sides of Proverbs 31. But like you said, I ain't a killer, but don't push me. Um, but <laughs> But I guess when I think about it, it's all the makeup, right? My experiences... Um, my surroundings um, everything has kind of culminated to this moment and I love sharing what I know um, so it's just hard to say any specific instance I think it's just been Jessica Joy Cumberbatch then and now Jessica Taylor has been one big social experiment for me um, I've always been interested in you know theologies, criminology, psychology sociology and I think I look at the world that way so um just by nature of how I sense and see and, and experience the world, I think has kind of shaped me out to who I am, but it wasn't without its struggles and without its, you know, insecurities. You know what I mean? I always, and I say what I mean by that is, you know, again, I'm in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, predominantly white. You know, the stereotypical, the stereotypes were real. You either play basketball or, you know, football. Um, but then I'm Hispanic. So it was just trying to figure all that stuff out and where I fit. Um, but yeah, I'd have to say that all of those things were, you know, a shaping factor for where I am now regarding, um, the CTE group. And I think my vision for my family and for just family legacies period, you know what I mean? Shaking out, not letting, um your circumstances be your story kind of trying to make your own story along the way. And that looks different for everybody. So. Hmm.
0: (laughs) Listen, yo, every time you talk, I just think about all these little stories because we have known each other for almost 10 years, next Mm -hmm. year, be 10 years, met you in Orlando at the national conference in 2011 (laughs) And you know, you see uh and your hair was short back then you had the little shortcut with mm-hmm. the fade in the back. And uh, you know, she come in and we like, who is that? You know, you know, young black woman and recruiting and retention, you know, we like we like animals, we hunting, we always looking. And then um uh, <laughs> we had a a, a friend named Nilka, she was Panamanian too, born and raised. Matter of fact. Nigga didn't move to the United States until she was 18. Yeah. So, so, like, shit. And y'all started speaking Spanish, and I was just like, what? And that goes to show how close in my life had been, you know, born and raised in Texas. I'm like, the only people that uh, speak Spanish that I know of are people from, you know, of Mexican descent, you know, in the area. So, it, it was definitely interesting, you know, to understand how um, – how varied your background was and then hear you explain it so masterfully like you know that was um that was pretty amazing that was pretty amazing um we'll get into some other stuff but besides proverbs 31 jay-z <laughs> and, <laughs> and tupac who are some of your biggest influences and Gosh, inspiration?
1: you know um I can't pinpoint it. I told you the great social experiment, right? Just my surroundings. So I'll tell you, um, I've learned to say the good and the bad, everybody that you come in contact with. So too many people to just name, right? I'm going to absolutely name my mom and I'll come back to that. Um, and that that's more towards the Proverbs 31 side of the house, right? But along the way, right? Um, I guess I'll do it in stages. Early on, um, I say the Tupacs and Jay Z's because it was like a voice, right? the The lyrics, I, I mm-hmm. like to listen to lyrics. So a lot of music, the music that I clung to resonated, whether it was my challenges or what I saw or um, those types of things. So, um, again, back to my experiences. Then, as I started my journey into adulthood in the military, and then you know, obviously the military shapes you you know what I mean so you kind of tend to you know they groom you in a certain way and um I'll tell you my very first supervisor which is why I say it's hard to pick one person so many everybody you kind con- come in contact with leaves you with something good or bad even my first supervisor right. I tell this story to this day you know um I won't name his name master sergeant I'll <laughs> leave it like that uh, I don't want to memorialize him that way but I was just Joining the military, and I remember asking questions, and um, and his answers were like, "Oh, well, you don't need to know that. You're just the E1. You know what I mean? Or you don't need to. Mm-hmm. No, nah, nobody does this. You know what I mean? So it was just kind of like, okay. And I'm trusting him, but I learned very quickly to trust but verify, <laughs> because my best interest was not in his best interest. If that made sense, he he wasn't concerned. So I learned very. I mean, I was a fresh young I graduated when I was 17 so I was just 18 barely um when I joined so that left an impression on me like okay because as I watched other people again I'm watching what's going on around me I'm watching how other people other supervisors are dealing with their airmen and um so that was I will tell you that's one of the stories I tell so I would say that was a huge impact on me um even my guidance counselor right um in high school it's I I told you my school was predominantly white and then there was a stereotypical if you are black you played sports I used to joke with people saying I'm not black I just play one on television because of my Hispanic culture right (laughs) and so the expectation was either you have money to go to school or you played sports and got a scholarship right I mean I played sports but I wasn't that great you know I wasn't scholarship material let me put it that way I can hold my own, you know, but.
0: <laughs> you had to clarify,
1: clarify,
0: huh? It, you know. <laughs> yeah, you don't right? want to
1: test me. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a passion. This is what I live for type thing. So I think, again, if any, so many people have touched me and shaped me in, in either positive and negative ways, and even the negative ways have been positive because I've taken them and said, okay. Well, that wasn't pleasant. How, what, what can I do with this? So, um, again, I can't so many different experiences when you come, come in contact with so many people that I can't pinpoint any specific people. But I did say I was going to mention my mom um, because this woman now, as my spiritual journey has grown, I can appreciate who she is as a woman of God right? The grace, you joked about Mother Goose Grace. There was a time, I don't know if you realize how much of a compliment that is to me, because there was a time where I lacked it. And all I wanted to do was be like my mom. My mom has Mother Goose Grace. You know what I mean? And no matter the situation, no mm-hmm. matter the challenges, she always handled it. With so- Sometimes I wonder how I'm her child, because, <laughs> because my <laughs> personality and, and everybody loves Mimi, you know, the kids will call her Mimi. And I'm like, man, how do I get there? You know what I mean? So my mom has always been pivotal in that aspect. But then I learned um, what drove her. You know, she is, without a shadow of a doubt, a reflection of Jesus' love on earth. You know what I'm saying? Um, Without a shadow. I didn't know that then because my my relationship, you know, uh, with my God wasn't quite there yet. And now, you know, you know, the back in the day, it was what would Jesus do? It would be like, okay, how would my mom handle the situation? But now I recognize that she's just been, you know, walking the walk. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's not just religious activity or anything like that. She is living, you know, um, the character of God, you know what I'm saying? Um, So if I had to say anybody, absolutely. My mom, um, you know, Kanye said, Jesus, walk. You know, my mom is walking it. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so for me, that has been, um, even in my tough, that keeps me out of trouble. Because <laughs> in my toughest moments, you know, I have to be like, man, Jesus still loves me and all my mess. Let me go ahead and love these people. I'm going to love your children, God. They a hot mess, but I'm going to go ahead and love them, too.
0: What? You know what I mean? Because you love me, and I know I ain't,
1: you know. <laughs> so I mean, so forgive me oh, for not man. having this. And I struck, that was the biggest thing that I was like, well, if you asked me that, how would I answer? But for me, it's so many different experiences. um Just one contact with right. a person, you know what I mean? Can, can define or shape you in some shape, form or fashion. And, and I'm, and I'm learning about myself that I am such a sensing person that they all matter. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Interaction matters to me. Right. um Sometimes to a fault, right? I've had to learn to 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 not internalize every interaction, and that sometimes those interactions have nothing to do with me. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everything
0: With what that person. <laughs> yes, I yeah, do. We share that, that in common between.
1: <laughs> right, so, um, right. So yeah. So no. It's just. <laughs> I honestly mean that. It's just. A, it's just been a life of journeys and experiences and um, um, and the black and white in the sense of reading lyrics quotes they kind of affirm it for me and it's funny because then as I started getting into the word and actually reading the word, you know, I remember joking with one of my close friends, like, Oh my God, I knew I knew this, but I didn't know it was in the Bible. You know what I mean? And you start realizing how much <laughs> right. everything that's go. around you is really rooted in the word. And she looked at me, you know, she's she's further along, more mature in her journey than I was. She's like, well, um it does say the word is in you. You know what I mean? I'm like, but I didn't know. <laughs> so So, yeah. So, no, Mm -hmm. I I would say, um, yeah, yeah, man, my mom, Jesus in the word, because I'm realizing now that even with my mom, everything for me, from my perspective, everything stems from that. What you do with it is on you, but everything stems from that.
0: I really like uh, um, I don't even know if you realized you were making this point, but you made such a beautiful point. You know, you talked about the What would Jesus do? And I think a lot of times that's a stumbling block in personal development because you'll look at Jesus as obviously inspirational and aspirational, but such a high mark that you almost come into it like, oh, I could never get that. But to for you to say, hey, what would my mom do because she's walking that walk, that makes it a lot more practical. And it speaks to how we live our lives when we're living our lives on point and and just doing the things that we know we need to be doing. We never know that we can have an impact on somebody who may feel discouraged because they don't feel like they can reach the Mm -hmm. what would Jesus do level. But if they can say, man, Jessica is doing it. And I can follow her example. And so, man, that point right there just resonates with me.
1: Even more so what I learned um, in my story where it pertains to resiliency and, you know, um, and I'll mention Brene Brown because she kind of introduced me to being vulnerable um, and the idea of being vulnerable. You mentioned, you know, a woman in leadership, being a woman of color, being in the military By virtue of all of those things, um, I've grown up like, you know, hard, like, hey, I can't let nobody see me sweat. I can't let nobody see me, you know, Mm -hmm. like something shook me up. And I learned that that was probably the biggest misconception that I had about anything to the very point that you just said. Because I had I learned that through showing people my vulnerabilities. You're absolutely right. It was real. Right even with my mom, she and I just had a conversation, you know, my mom is the person I go crying to about my most vulnerable things, right? I know she's going to love, and that's what I love about her. Right. I can complain to her about anybody. She's going to love them anyways, right? I don't ever have to worry about her, you know, giving side <laughs> eyes, saying nothing smart. Um, I'm telling you, she personifies grace. And, and I remember telling her, you know, I said, because she felt bad. She said, well, you keep saying, you know, that you feel bad that you know, people see you this way and it hurts her that, that I feel that way. I said, but ma, you know, Jesus cried too. He knew exactly what Judas was gonna do, right? He knew what was gonna happen, but it mm-hmm. didn't mean that you don't still push through and be obedient, right? So I, um, the biggest fallacy right. I've had to learn, especially um, here recently um, in significant life events, you know, as recent as last year, is that the most important thing that we can do to people for people is to show them that we have chinks in our armor. Um, that we struggled to get there, that it wasn't easy, that you know, there were some depressive moments, like mentally, there were some challenges. And at the same time, that gosh, God's grace and mercy. You know what I mean? That yes, because I say it all the time, Jesus was perfect mm-hmm. and his people still killed him. You know what I'm saying? So he, <laughs> No, so what they going to do with me? You know what I'm saying? People will crucify you all day. You know what I mean? Um, And my mom would say that. My mom would say that to me all the time. Wow. She's like, Jessica, and how do you think Jesus fell? And I'm like, Mom, I, don't, I don't want to hear that. Like, <laughs> and, and it was to your point. I'm not Jesus, Mom. I can't. Like, how do you think Jesus felt? I'm not him. You know what I mean? But then it took some some mm-hmm. interesting experiences through my journey as a leader to say, you know what? i absolutely understand what she's saying now that even in his in his perfection he struggled with things you know what i mean and um and and he cried about things and he grieved about things and um and and people will treat you a certain way no matter what right so it was just a perspective shift for me and learning cuz again i mean i don't i don't i didn't typically wear my heart on my sleeve in relationships whatever the case was And I had to learn, well, by accident, I started learning the value of letting people see my vulnerabilities. You know what I'm saying? Because we couldn't connect. We couldn't connect because like you said, it seemed like I had it all together and that was the furthest thing from the truth. You know what I mean? Um, So I absolutely see what you're (laughs) saying about the point. The jury (laughs) is
0: still out on that one. (laughs)
1: Man, look, look. So, but yeah, no, it's, um, you bring up a great point. Um, because I think that that's the biggest misconception, even when it pertains to what would Jesus do? Um, he, nobody is expecting us to be perfect, um, but to love regardless, you know what I mean? So,
0: amen. Thank goodness for
1: that. Now you kind of, you kind of tiptoed around
0: it. So we're going to get, uh, well, I'm going to ask a question. I'm not going to tell you what you're going to get into. You're going to respond how you choose to respond. But what is one of your biggest Stories of resilience that well, you care to share with
1: um, us. Two. Um, one was more professional; it was personal and professional in nature, and then one was absolutely personal. But again, um, it affected me across the board. So, I'll start with the the one that was least of the two, if you will. Um, it was the moment, and you and I talk about mm-hmm. this time all the time. Our senior master sergeant season, right? Um, and yes, I say that but for the layman, I guess I would say it was that transition from being a great performer to being trying to be a leader because I wasn't right. Um, That nobody schools you on. It's like, right. oh, I got promoted. I got the position. I got the pay. And I've been so great at doing what I was doing, which is why I got here. Right. That nobody ever told me that what got me here won't gonna <laughs> get me through it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, Oh my right. god. Man, so was um it was a very humbling season for me um because everything that made me a great performer or an individual performer up until that point in my career was not working when it meant that I had to lead people. Um and everything even I telling you, I was hardcore. That was another season where I had to learn that I had to connect with people. People had to know that I was real because Senior Master Sergeant Cumberbatch If she got it all together, I'll never meet her expectations. And that's kind of how I was operating. Like, why can't these people get here? And, um, oh, the Lord had to humble me. I mean, and I wasn't arrogant. I wasn't mean, but I had my standards, right? I had my beliefs of, well, if I could do it, it ain't rocket science. You know what I mean? And and it took, it's funny because I've touched on like mental health and everything. We had a director of psychological health. She just happened to be strategically placed by the bathroom. I poke my head in and we get to talking and she's like, but who told you that, you know, I learned a lot through that season about myself and about meeting people where they are, right? Um, because I had this oh, idea yeah. of myself, not bad, but I worked hard to get to where I was, right? Nobody gave me nothing. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Everything I had was earned right. and, and I had to fight for some of that. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so it was just a transition of understanding that we are not all the same. Um, even the simple comment when I made, you know, it's not rocket science. You know, the director of psychological health was like, "Well, why do you say that? How do you know that that's not a gift that you have? You see it clearly, but maybe they don't see it clearly." So it just started a process in me Absolutely. that um, I had to start. It was like, you know, how this like which I said, you know, start with the man in the mirror, like, um it was very hard. Like I would be in tears, you know what I mean? And, and the beautiful part about that, it was kind of like a, I had to crucify myself, if you will. Um, And out of that came a different person with the help of God, because I couldn't have done everything that I had done on my might up to that point, all the, the wit, all the wisdom, all the academics, all the natural know-how that Lord has blessed me with was not working. So it, it showed me two things. One, oh, yeah. to lean on him, because I had no... It was kind of like a moment of desperation, like, Lord, what do I do? So my so my spiritual growth came out of that moment also, and my Mother Goose grace grew out of that moment. I had to have grace for people and meet them where they were. Not, Not that I would say I would judge them, but I was holding them to my standard, my expectation, my... You know, well, you should be at this level versus accepting them for where they were and and going from there in that relationship. So that was huge. And then um, I say, of course, like everybody knows, um, the most impacting one was um, we lost our my son. My I have lots of children, but he was my only the only one that God um, blessed me to bring into this world, uh, my son, Elijah. He um, we lost him last year in February. Um, He took his life and was just short, shy of his 25th birthday, if my math is correct. Yes. Of his 25th birthday, if my math is correct. And um, I'll pause for reaction there because I usually say it and then keep it moving. And it's like and then I'm starting to realize talking about meeting where people are is that often when people hear that, I take for granted that it's a lot to process. I've been processing for over a year Um, it and I'm is. still processing it every day. I mean, I'll tell you, I shed tears this morning, you know, um, related to, you know, a business, right. I say a business venture, a passion project that I'm working on about legacy. You know what I mean? And I just told you that my son, I lost the only, you know, flesh and blood that I brought into this world, so legacy. So, um, it, it's a different perspective. So, yeah, um, that has, gosh, of course, with, 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 without glossing over the significant loss of your only child, right. Um, it wasn't until maybe October of last year. So six months later that I realized that my faith had been tested. You know what I'm saying? Um, Because I mentioned to you in my my E8 journey in the first story that, hey, I was growing spiritually. So that was probably about 2015 time frame. And now fast forward five years later, you know, everybody be like, oh, yeah, Jesus is great, but you ain't been through nothing yet. Um, So I worried about that. I worried often about, Mm -hmm. you know, my spiritual journey. And um, am I going to trust him and believe in him and have faith in him and trust his promises for me when when. When life comes at me hard, well, life came at me about as hard as I could think it could come. And um, it wasn't until six right. months later that I realized that my faith had been tested and that I was still faithful, um, that I still believed his promise um, for me. And um, yeah, that was, it was a moment where I'll tell you, even till this day, my mom and I just had this conversation a couple weekends ago because we never really talked about it. And um, because I'm like a big caregiver in my family. So my husband cares for me and I care for everybody else, if that makes sense. And um, so she and I talked about it and it was the best way that I could describe it is in Philippians 4, 6, a peace that surpasses all understanding. Because I cannot tell you how I did it. I can't tell you how I'm here. I can't tell you how I haven't lost my mind yet other than but God. That's it. That's all I yes. got. It ain't, and which is yes. interesting for me because I mentioned to you that I'm very observant, analytical, you know, I like to understand how things work. I'll ask no questions. I got peace. Look, I'll take it because I think at the same time, I'm very afraid. You talk about resiliency. I, I'm very afraid of that dark alley, if you will. Right. Because uh, it exists. I dodge mm-hmm. it every chance yes. I get. So every day is mm-hmm. a choice. Every day I have to choose to avoid that dark alley to not torment myself and um, to just lay in his grace um, because that's the only way that I can, that I can conceive that I am where I am right now. um, Coping mentally, you know what I mean? So emotionally, of course, of course I miss my baby. You know what I mean? My one and only baby. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, it's um, a relationship with God that w- I would say is the only thing leading up to that that prepared me and allowed me to persevere through that loss, that significant loss. You know what I mean? So, um, so I hold on to that. I, I yeah. When I get off of it and get off the vine, as we like to say, I, it's like oxygen for me. Um, my relationship with Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, it's, I have to put that oxygen on every day sometimes I get a little crazy or a little busy and I feel it when I don't. So, um, yeah, that's, those are my two significant moments as of late. Um, cause you know, life keeps going, journeys keep happening, but that I think have defined who I am and where I am in my life right now.
0: i tell you what too, you know, um, It is. It's still stunning because of your resilience in such a time. Um, I mean, obviously, we were closely connected. You were a big part of why I came out here to D.C. You know, I had just been there in December to interview and we were talking about it. You were pushing me. And then, um, you know, the situation with Elijah uh, and and to get that news. And Mm -hmm. as a parent, I was crushed, you know, as somebody who loves you like my own sister I was crushed and helpless because I couldn't think of a way. You know, you just when you love somebody you just want their pain to go away and it and it was funny that this was your time but in your time you helped me. Like I uh and and I got to give a shout out to another one of my wonderful friends, Virginia V-Mac. Elizabeth Mack who's retiring here in a couple of months. Um V Mack, she uh had been reading and studying on grief and things to say and one of the terms she reached out to me and she she gave me a list of things and one of the questions was to ask you know how are you coming along in your you know your journey through grief and uh, I remember talking to you we met because I one of the biggest things that always struck me is you came back like you could have just retired and and went on to do different things, but you came back after that. And uh, I remember asking you and you said, Jay, I'm broken, but you were just honest about it. And there's so many of us that are feeling things like that, Mm -hmm. but we tell everybody we're okay. And it was, it was even hard to conceptualize it. And here I was, I was still unbeknownst to me, still, Terrible yeah. processing, a grief process with uh LJ's mother, and how you, the grace, the strength, the courage, and the honesty you know, the transparency, that vulnerability that you showed. Man, you blessed my entire life. Like, I had to go back to the drawing board on how to deal with mine watching you be a hero. So, there. You know, as a friend, the advice you've given me, professionally, the advice you've given me, because <laughs> I've already stated I'm the evil twin. Like, for real, sometimes I just think, man, yeah, I need child, to work on me my both.
1: Mouth. <laughs> I might be a little further <laughs> along in that process, but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that that story is, is so inspiring. One of the things that really impacts me listening to you talk is how your humility because all this time you've been talking like hey I'm just making it by the grace of God which we all are and absolutely that's a testimony but what God has blessed you with and how you masterfully and willingly use what you've been blessed with to be a blessing and a, have a great positive you know what's impact so crazy, even so in just spot. what you
1: said so- you know what I mean Um, which is why I think people think I'm crazy sometimes I, 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 well a lot of times, I don't think they know what to do with me, <laughs> like to your point with that situation, <laughs> because like I even had a, you know, a fellow chief had asked me and he is a counselor in his church and he's like, yo, how are you doing this? Because I deal with people and they just hate God right now. You know what I'm saying? And, and for you to even say how God has blessed you, um, I Again, when I mentioned, it wasn't until six months later when I started processing different aspects of it, we were actually, uh, me, my mom, my sisters, and a couple of my uh, sisters in Christ, we were at a women's conference then, Um, (laughs) pre-COVID. And uh, it was just processing the fact that, you know, that I wasn't angry. You know, how is this a blessing? And you touched on it in telling how it impacted you, what I realized, you know, cause I can't, I have a hard time with the details. You know what I'm saying? With the facts of what happened to my son, right? with the Absolutely. facts of what he went through or could have been possibly going through. And as a mom, you don't realize, right. There are a lot of facts, that I could get caught Mm -hmm. up in. And that's the alley that I try to stay out of, or the torment that I try not to spend too much time in. Um, But what I realize is the importance of being in the word, um, because when you are struggling, the last thing you want to do is read the word, right? The importance of doing it when you don't need it was because I learned during that season, you know what I mean? When I was struggling as a leader that, you know, God uses everything. And, when you mentioned that I came back, I learned to be honest with people. Cause you come back, you're in uniform, right? I'm not crying and, you know, looking crazy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like i so Yeah, people
0: so want, I had they to, want to learn,
1: learn how they like used to tell to utilize, people, yo, I'm limping. limping. Like, I know, and it's funny cause, well, crazy, cause one of our superintendent at the time, as you know, you know, he had literally been limping cause he had had an accident. And, and what I explained to him was people see, you know what I mean? People see that you're limping. They don't see mm-hmm. that I'm limping, but half the battle was me being willing to be honest with myself and share that with people. Right. Or it's our nature. At least it's my nature to, right. again, never let them see you sweat. That's how I grew up. Like mm, that didn't hurt. That didn't bother me while I'm dying inside. You know what I'm saying? But I learned that when I shared that with people, Yeah it gave them permission to share their struggle, their brokenness, what they were struggling with. And, that, and, and then I think the other side of that was then it gave them hope also. They didn't understand how I was still functioning, but they wanted the peace that I found. You know what I mean? So, um, so he's using everything for good. And, and that's yep. my thing, you know, is I don't want my son's loss to be in vain. But I don't have to do anything for that. Right. I don't have to champion a cause. I'm a big, you know, this about me. I'm a very big, I want it to be genuine and organic and you know what I'm saying? And I think that's what also keeps me going is the fact that every time mm-hmm. I either share my story or let people know that I have been kicked in the teeth, punched in the gut, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, but, but I have a God, you know what I mean? Yeah. That sees me through it when I know I can't. Um, I can't tell you the number of times that people have come to me and said to me, Hey, I'm dealing with this thing. I feel bad talking to you. Cause I know what everybody can kind of understand the magnitude, right? Even if they don't have kids losing a family member, but Oh my God, losing a child or Oh my God, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So everybody can kind of resonate with that. Yeah. So when they bring me their, their brokenness, if you will, whatever their cross is, it fascinates me that they're always like, well, I don't want to burden you, but I'm going through this thing. And I learned in those moments that that was the point, right? Your cross is still your cross. Let's not compare crosses. You know what I mean? But if you're wondering how I I can only right. think that they're sharing with me, cause they're trying to figure out how I'm getting through, you know what I mean? So it just gives me an opportunity to share hope with people, um, no matter what their circumstances and, um, and and I don't take that for granted. I And, and it, it's taken me a minute to recognize it for what for what it's worth. So I do see it as a blessing. I do firmly believe that he I, I like to tell people and I forget where I got this from, um, that God, I think Oprah says it. Somebody says it. Um, God never wastes a hurt. Right. You, you know, a Christian don't mean you ain't going to go through nothing. Right. 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 Um, <laughs> Um, it just means that how you deal with it is a little absolutely. bit differently, you know <laughs> different um, and I can't imagine what my grief would look like if it were not for that. you know what I'm saying um so no, you're uh, so it's interesting that you would say you know absolutely, the blessings because I think people are confused by that, <laughs> um because they don't understand how you can see you know, I'm sure there's family members, you know, Elijah was not just my child. He touched a lot of lives that probably struggle with that. So I just hope to kind of be a, a beacon of light, um, and, and openness and, and, and the spirit of being broken, if you will. Um, cause make no mistake about it. There is a hole in my heart that will never be filled. You know what I mean? Um, but you know, um,
0: absolutely. But
1: how do you do more Absolute. good in the world? What do you do with that? You know what I'm saying? We, we have a choice every day, every day we have every moment we have a choice. So So.
0: And you 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 tell us this this incredible story that will pull on every heartstring and still yet you tell it with such humility. I I told you I can't remember how many times I said I still say it to this day, you know, when you came back and, you know, the things that you gave to the organization even in the midst of your own grief. I tell you all the time, you gave us far more than we deserved and we appreciate it. And so many of us are transformed by that. Like, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, you hear your nephew running around here. He hear your voice. So he been dancing and hopping around. <laughs> but... uh you know, just just my journey, how it's been impacted. And the listener, you talk about it like, I'm just here to serve. And I'm like, yo, man, you a hero to so many of us and so many different, not just because of that, but you know, <laughs> that just adds to the Boy, legend, of <laughs> Jessica Joy. You know? <laughs> seriously, seriously, look, if I, could, if I could get a whole bunch of people and pull them in here, man, I'm sure that people would, like don't don't play like you wasn't at your own retirement and that the house was but full what, man, people away. what's crazy
1: and i touched <laughs> on this in the beginning it's been my journey like i you know and you know i'm horrible at scriptures and where it is in the bible but it is you know how i like to say it if you're about his business he'll be about yours and one of my biggest struggles was connecting with people or how people perceive me. Right. You said it yourself. Like, mm, you know, um, when people meet me at first, it's kind of like, mm, I don't know what to do with her. Right. I so I, I struggled all my life. I have been <laughs> me and um, embrace. I mean, I've cried to God like, Lord, why did you make me this way? Right. In the sense of. But you but you kind of highlighted it when you said, hey, you came into the organization, you know, male dominated, this, that, and the third. And I had to learn that it was the things that were, were my struggle allowed me to be effective in areas where people couldn't be. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, but why me, guy? You know what I'm saying? Or when people were like, hey, you need to apply. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? While I'm dealing with my, you know, while I'm over here licking my wounds, you know, not that I, I don't need everybody to like me, but dang, you know what I'm saying? can can if <laughs> somebody like me you know, what I'm saying? you know we all want to feel somebody kind of like me, connection. <laughs> but um um i realized that he has a purpose for who i am and how he made me you know so it's so when you bring up my retirement um and i tell you about my season as a senior master sergeant that to me was god saying well done When people are like, why did you stay for 26 years? I tell everybody that six years was a different process, right? It was about my relationship with God, doing it his way. I did 20 Mm -hmm. my way. You know what I'm saying? Dang, and as I think about it, literally, when I think about my Mm -hmm. rank, when I think about my time in service, I did 20 my way. But remember, I said, what got me there wasn't gonna get me through this. And it certainly wouldn't have gotten me through losing my son. You know what I'm saying? So the significance of those six years, and and right. and it's kind of like when the when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. The, 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 <laughs> be your willingness, yes. right? I appreciate <laughs> your willingness to say, "Hey, I was going through some stuff, and you helped me out, right?" Because I try to help a lot of people out; they don't always receive it. And ironically enough, that was my biggest struggle in my season as a senior master sergeant. I wanted to do well for everybody. I wanted the greatness for everybody. Everybody wasn't receiving it. So I didn't know what to do with that. I'm trying to force them to do it. I'm a beating it upside the head. Right. That did not work. So God has to show me a different way to go about it. And I almost, it's funny. I talked about my retirement. Like it was, you know, you know, this like it was my graduation ceremony, but now in hindsight, I realized that I graduated in more ways than one, yeah. if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Because that I led my season as a chief master Absolutely. sergeant prior to retiring. I wasn't, you know, even my season as a senior sergeant there, it's, I had to learn to deal with people and their situations differently. You know what I mean? Intellectually or professionally, I may have been right, but, it was my connection with people that was off my, and I call it a heart issue. I had a heart issue. I didn't hate people, but I wasn't, again, seeing people's hearts. I wasn't connecting with them on a, you know, I'm trying to connect with them mentally. Cause it's, you know, it's business. That was my whole thing. This is business yeah, and right, miss right. me with that friend stuff. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I mean, those are facts. That was me. Like, I don't need no friends. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? You know, but I realized the importance of that. So, my retirement ceremony, to your point, and even moments afterwards when people were reaching out to me, was like, oh my God, like everything that I cried to God about, you know, all my hurt, all my pain, all my, but why, Lord, did you make me this way? People, you know, I ain't popular. I don't want to be, but people really ain't feeling me. Um, I mean, no harm to people was me learning to do it his way. You know what I'm saying? A reward for being obedient. Um, And man, when I tell you that my heart is full, you know, um, I I could have never orchestrated it myself. And that was the point. You know what I mean? The entire point. You can't do this yourself. The whole point. (laughs)
0: You know, through through all of this, uh, through this whole interview, you know, we even talked about it in our little pre-conversation, how we was going to try to uh, get to it, but you have kind of weaved it all the way through. One of your sayings that you taught me that I've carried with me through years of leadership, some are sponsored into leadership and some are mentored into leadership. And you have spoken that like nobody gave you. The opportunities, but life uh, situations, people, they gave you tools, they gave you um, experiences, they enhanced the already embedded abilities that made you the force of nature as a leader that you were and that you continue to be. So, man, that's a that's a testimony. That's why I was like, you know what? I got to get Jessica Joy on. the. Um, but
1: you know what's crazy about that? I was just having that conversation with a, a, I say a peer I'm, still, right? Um, and it was a specific situation, but it, it amazes man. me how it rings through. And then I saw a meme about it related to the sponsorship versus mentorship and what she because now, you know, this is now when I'm leaning on the, the Proverbs 31 end. <laughs> Well, I look at it a little bit differently. Back in the day, I'd have been like, you know, this is some fact that bull. <laughs> um, you know, ain't nobody working as hard as me and I ain't. <laughs> you know, now, you know, with bull, the blend, the kid. we were having a conversation <laughs> about um, you know, a person coming into the organization who was being sponsored in short, right? And um And I and I sat there and thought about it because I I think I Mm -hmm. told you guys i like to think about stuff. And I said, you know what? And they're right in their in their mind's eye, because all good people. (laughs) Right. I have no reason to think that these people are evil or malicious. Uh, I may not subscribe to how they do business. Right. Right. Um, And that's okay. Um, And what I saw was what I what I concluded basically was that I certainly believe that the person who was sponsoring felt like they were doing something for the sponsoree, right? The conversation that I was having was that the sponsoree mm-hmm. had no idea how people were perceiving them yep. because of how hard they were being sponsored. You know what I'm saying? I just know the person, so I'm like, oh yeah, cool person, <laughs> this, that,
0: the third. Yep.
1: And and it just hit me how much of a tangled web mm. it weaves. right? both just by human nature. And second, yeah. um, referencing the meme that I saw is sometimes you sponsor people, but you're setting them up for failure. You know what I'm saying? If they're not ready, you know, you mean good. Hey, I'm gonna hook you up with this. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? But if they're not ready, are you really hooking them up? Like, how are you serving them? And how are you serving the people that they're there to serve? You, you, to me, you're doing everybody a disservice, but I truly believe that people mean it with the best of intentions. Um, but don't recognize, right? It's kind of like parenting, right? I can say, you know, you could eat whatever you want, you eaten, but I'm sure if I provide mm-hmm. you a, uh, you know,
0: a... <laughs> <I actually laughs> you know what I'm saying? If time. I
1: provide you, you know, I'm going through that right now. I can eat 1500 calories any way I slice them. It might be, you know, a whole pizza or it might be healthy throughout the day. You know what I'm saying? A Big Mac, whatever. <laughs> um, so it's just, yeah, I think there's a significant difference. We all, we we all want to do good by others. I firmly believe that for the most part. Um, but what is it rooted in? You know what I mean? Um, bec- and, and are you really doing somebody a favor, yeah. um, by putting them in a position that they're not prepared for, you know? Um, so, and, and that, and that's true even in life, there you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, are you think about? It. Are you really helping somebody? But um, you you made me think of. But all that we can do is use our powers for good. You know, that's that's one of my favorite. <laughs> use your powers for good. Use you know? your powers for good. Because I could be y'all on and be like, well, "Why nobody <laughs> <with me. laughs> like?" I think you tell so, me a lot. Like, because you. So yeah.
0: I think you tell me that a lot because you know there's potential. Every for me now and again, no, you let's... might want, you might be
1: tempted to go, twins. go off. Evil twin.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but aren't we all? Aren't we all?
0: Like, yes, very. We are all tempted to <laughs> go off the reservation. Trust. Yeah. <laughs> so I will say this in life, in leadership, in your service not only to this country, but to your family, to your friends and loved ones, and to the community at large. Uh, I've said it many times, and I said it early on this podcast, and so now I will even include this podcast into the mix. You have given us more than we deserve, so before we get out of here, because I know you got other stuff to do in the day, we talk about that all the time, (laughs) You got a, a quick take motto or mantra that you live by and that you want to share with us and any parting thoughts?
1: Well, I mean, I already hit you with one say, of them. Um, until next always time. use your powers for good. I mean, in the spirit of our conversation about sponsorship and mentorship, you know what I mean? Um, whether it's your position, whether it's your finances, we have an opportunity to be a blessing to other people um, or not. You know what I mean? Um, and we're all human. God knows I am not perfect. And um, so every day I have to make sure that I'm using the opportunities, the privilege of time um, for the greater good. And um, lastly, because in the spirit of Elijah and um, his story, it's in a world where you can be anything, be kind. You don't know what anyone's going through, you know, Um, and you don't know their story, their struggles, and just that one, the smile, courtesy, you know, um, it, making your eyes smile since we're right? Making a concerted effort to communicate, if not verbally, non verbally, form of kindness. Um, and in this fallen world goes a long way, a long, long way. So, um, yeah, that's, I, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, And definitely the privilege Because you just clowned on me a minute ago You know I got stuff to do So I understand the privilege of time Um, So for your listeners And even for you for carving out This moment of time to allow me to Share my story um, I thank you for that I don't take it lightly It is definitely a privilege
0: Man look at that Awesome clothes! I couldn't have closed it any better myself, so I'm not gonna muddy them waters. Thank <laughs> you so much for your time, and again, I'm gonna get you on here again. And um, yes, sir. You heard LJ screaming <laughs> in the background, so he said he need another visit with his auntie soon. Thank you. <laughs> All right, but thank you so much.